0: My dear friends in Christ, I am delighted to be with you in this Cathedral of St. Joseph, as today the whole Diocese of Columbus celebrates the ordination to the priesthood of Peter Claver. I greet Bishop Campbell here present with us, as well as Father Brian Kiley, the rector of the National Seminary of Pope St. John XXIII, and all those responsible for the religious and priestly formation of our brother. I especially wish to thank the Ordinance friends and family members who have come from near and far and who have brought him to this day on which he will be set apart to serve the Lord and the Church as priests. I greet my brother priests here present, as well as all those joining us by live streaming not only here in the Columbus area, but also in Uganda. To one and all, we welcome you. This is also a special day for me as a bishop as this is my first ordination of a priest in Columbus. Finally, we not only greet, but we thank Peter Claver for his self-offering to the Lord and the church for priestly service. The ordination of priests is a great day in the life of our local church. Our ordinand begins a new phase in his vocational path, one which began in Uganda and is now continuing here. Each new step brings blessings and challenges. And little by little, the reality of what God has done begins to sink in. I recall with great emotion what it was like to be a bishop with his priests at my first chrism mass. Then I said to myself, wait a minute, I'm the bishop. I have to bless the oils. But already, the thought of priestly ordination was in my mind at this particular day. I recall vividly Archbishop Schneur's words to me just less than a year ago when he poured the oil of chrism upon my head, saying, May God, who has made you a sharer in the high priesthood of Christ, himself pour out upon you the oil of mystical anointing and make you fruitful with an abundance of spiritual blessing. Today, we have the opportunity to share these spiritual blessings. It is in the Lord's Vineyard in which this new priest will work and his priesthood in which he will share intimately. He will be ordained to serve alongside his brother priests, the Lord and his people, to offer sacrifice to God and to sanctify his people. Our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews mentions that every high priest is taken from among men and made their representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. This idea of being set aside resonates with what happened with Aaron and his sons. Aaron did not take the honor of being high priest upon himself. It happened only when he was called by God. In his book, The Bible and the Priesthood, Father Anthony Mary Jambroni, reflecting on Leviticus 8, mentions how Aaron and his sons were set apart, just like sacred objects. They were consecrated to God, and they were even adorned in vestments with colors and patterns similar to that of the veil of the tabernacle. It was not only the altar, but also Aaron and his sons who were anointed with oil. They were holy to the Lord, almost like an extension of the sanctuary they became a living locus for the presence of God. In Catholicism, the newly ordained is configured to Christ, the head of the body which is the church, the one living temple. The ordained are set aside and consecrated for God's purpose. And at this ordination, after the laying on of hands and the prayer of consecration, the hands of Peter Claver will be anointed with the sacred chrism, as these words are spoken. May the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Father anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, guard and preserve you that you may sanctify the Christian people and offer sacrifice to God. Priests are to bless, sanctify, and consecrate. This power of blessing is closely bound with that of offering sacrifice. In this holy sacrifice of the Mass, the hands of the priest touched the Lord's body. As the Eucharistic prayer says, he took bread in his sacred and venerable hands. He blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Through the offering of the sacrifice, the priest opens up the source of all blessing for the holy people of God. Priestly blessing, too, is a continuation of Christ's redemptive mission. It is Christ who, with his hands, touched and cleansed lepers healed the sick, made the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the mute to speak. He blessed the little children with his hands, protecting them from harm. It is the Lord's will to continue to be present in the world, in the person of the priest, and above all, in the Holy Eucharist, which he convects. The Lord has called this man, Peter Claver, who's who took his name in honor of the saint who became the slave to the slaves to continue his ministry of blessing and sanctification. How often this new priest will raise his consecrated hands in blessing. By the end of today, he might even need two holy deacons to hold up his hands to stay strong in the battle. Blessing with the sign of the cross is also meant Uh, also a means of furthering the kingdom of God. By the power of the sign of the cross by which Christ destroyed the curse of sin and broke Satan's power, priests bring consolation to the people of God who become aware of being protected by Christ's loving concern for them, Christ who gave himself up for us. Although not every priestly blessing works miracles in the same way or with the same efficacy of Christ's, Father Peter Claver will not be able to turn, unfortunately, water into wine. We should reflect on the stream of blessing that flows from the hands of priests. Your hands, the hands of your brothers, the hands of those who preceded you in the sacred ministry and who helped you grow in faith, the hands of the priests interred in Auschwitz and Dachau, the hands of the priests who from earliest times to the present who poured out their blood in witness, the hands of the priests who baptized and catechized the holy martyrs of Uganda. Peter Claver, although you are called to bless, you are also a blessing to the diocese of Columbus and to the whole church. How many times I've asked you, how are you? And you respond, I'm blessed, Bishop, I'm blessed. The time has come now to share the blessings. Every time you wash your hands, reflect on the power that God gives you this day, the power to forgive sins, the power to confect the Eucharist, the power to give life. You know your unworthiness to receive such a great gift, yet He chooses and consecrates you for this purpose. Reflect also upon the power to bless, sanctify and consecrate, Each time you walk into your church, gaze upon the altar, kiss the altar, or offer the holy sacrifice of the mass. For the altar, too, was consecrated with the sacred chrism. The order of the dedication of a church and altar has these words. By the anointing with the chrism, the altar is made a symbol of Christ, who before all others is and is called the Anointed One. For the Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit and constituted him high priest, who on the altar of his body would offer the sacrifice of his life for the salvation of all. The bishop, prior to pouring the chrism on the altar and anointing the walls of the church, says, may the Lord by his power sanctify this house, which by our ministry we anoint so that as visible signs they may express the mystery of Christ and the church. The church building is the house of God, a place of worship, a place where God dwells with his people, a visible sign that God is in the midst of his people. The author of the book of Revelation reminds his readers of the reward for their fidelity. He who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God and my own new name." In this cathedral church made of living stones, God calls you to be a pillar in his temple. Sometimes we gaze at a building like the Parthenon and see the pillars still standing even when the roof is gone. What does a pillar do? Even just look at this cathedral, these pillars, this roof. What does a pillar do? It holds up the roof, creating a space where life can flourish, protected from the elements. It creates a space where people can gather, can encounter one another, feel safe and protected from the harshness of the environment. It creates a space where people can feel a sense of belonging and truly belong. I ask that you be a pillar of the church, creating the environment where faith, family, and life can flourish. The pillar must also bear the weight of the roof and hold many things in tension. I reflect on the many things that we must bear as priests. We must bear with the weak. When we find the lost or straying sheep, we must bear him back to the fold upon our shoulders. We bear the responsibility of those entrusted, getting those entrusted to our care, to heaven. We must patiently bear sufferings, just and unjust criticisms. We must bear with the person who decides to be our own personal Alexander the coppersmith. We must bear with the weight of failure in some of our endeavors. Then there is the additional weight to the physical, emotional, and spiritual toll of the ministry, including loneliness at times. We must also endure, and I can testify to this, and you can testify to this, at times, the scourge of prejudice and racism. The possibility exists of being unfairly judged or prejudged because of the color of your skin because of your country of origin, or because of your accent. Do not let it get you down. You have brothers in the priesthood who will stand by you. You are the heir to that precious witness left by the Ugandan martyrs, who knew that they were children of God and temples of the Holy Spirit, and who testified with their very bodies that it is better to obey God rather than men follow their example, and be courageous in confronting the evils of racism and immorality. There is, it is true, much joy in the priesthood, but also suffering. The letter to the Hebrews reminds us that son though he was, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. My brother, we share all these things, but I exhort you, remain firm in the faith. With St. Paul, I commend you to God and to that gracious Word of His that can build you up and give you the inheritance among all who are consecrated. Peter Claver, today you will be consecrated you will be asked to make a commitment to be a pillar of strength and a true priest with a spirit of generosity. I trust that despite the burdens you must bear, the spirit of joy and commitment will continue to fill your heart. In our first reading, we heard Paul's farewell discourse to the presbyters of Ephesus at Miletus. Paul exhorted them to keep watch over each other and over the whole flock. Paul Paul no longer lives for himself, but for others. His concern is for the mission that has been entrusted to him. His concern is for the gospel, that it would go forth. His concern is for the fledgling churches. Paul is interested really in just one thing, drawing more people into the truth and in protecting them from those who would pervert the truth and draw the disciples after them. I recall when I was a seminarian going to the old Mary Mance College in Toledo. In the library, they were selling books. And I found St. Thomas Aquinas's De Veritate, On the Truth, in three volumes, 50 cents apiece. And I thought to myself, well, that's the, co- that's the price of truth in the 90s, so I gobbled up the books quickly. But because I had in my mind also that famous commercial, which said their true value. The value of the truth is priceless. You must be a defender of the truth, for the truth is not an abstract idea, but it is the person of Jesus Christ. And today, you will make priestly promises to discharge unfailingly the office of the priesthood, to carry out the ministry of the Word worthily and wisely, to celebrate the mysteries of Christ reverently and faithfully, to implore the mercy of God for the people, and to be united more closely each day to Christ, the high priest. I urge you to make these promises not only willingly, but joyfully. Commit yourself to being a priest of God and a pillar of truth. In the book of Revelation, the pillar is inscribed with three names, the name of God, the name of the new Jerusalem, and the new name of the one who walks among the seven lampstands. One is incorporated much as the person is wholly claimed by God. As a priest, you are claimed by God. You become His. But this should not give you a sense of entitlement. Rather, you are given a vicarious commission to stand in the place of Christ the Head, to be His agent, to be more conformed to Him daily. In the Gospel, Jesus reminds the apostles that they belong to him and his Father. The world will hate you because it hated him before you. before you. Nevertheless, Jesus prays for the consecration of his apostles. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. I consecrate myself for them so that they may be consecrated in truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. If we are to be the firm pillar that Christ calls us to be, then we too must be inscribed with his name, consecrated in the truth, consecrated for his purposes and designs, rather than for our own. His plan is that all people might be drawn into the merciful embrace of his Father, To be conformed to Christ means to be conformed to His cross with which we bless and are blessed. It is a sign which we must have ever before our eyes and heart. It is in this sign, as was revealed to the Emperor Constantine, it is in this sign that you will conquer. It is the sacrifice of the cross that we offer at each Mass, and unless we carry our cross Daily, bear our cross willingly. We cannot even be his disciples. In asking you to be a pillar that bears so many things, I place before you the words of St. Paul, love bears all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things. Finally, I remind you that you have brothers in the priesthood, with whom you will work so that you never need to bear the weight of the office alone, each priest bearing his load, each helping another, each keeping his place in this mystical communion and sacred brotherhood, a place assigned by Christ, our High Priest. My brother, on this, your ordination day, with all your family members and friends, I wish you peace and joy. We are all proud of you, and we are confident that you will be a firm and sturdy pillar, a defender of Christ and the church, a preacher of the truth, and a witness to that love which never fails. Yes, you are a priest forever.